As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It's week one. Week one ranks edition. I'm your host, Chris Welsh. And joining me live from Phoenix and not hanging out with me. That's right. Brandon Funston. Brandon, just sitting there right down the road from me. We're not hanging out. You and Brad Evans doing things. You're in Phoenix on a live remote here and you are live remoting with us. Yeah, man. I should be hanging out with you because you look like you're in a nice temperature controlled uh, indoor environment. I am outside, like sweating my 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 tail off. I'll just be. I'll keep it polite and say I'm sweating my tail off. So, uh, yeah, that that's my bad. I should be hanging out with you for sure. About to say, yeah. Uh, did anybody tell you that in Phoenix in September it's 110 all the time? It's really hot, but not maybe not the best thing to do outside. But uh, Brandon is uh, live here in Phoenix. We're actually pretty close. So uh, next time we'll have to be hanging out. You can find him on Twitter, Brandon Funston, and of course the All In Kid, Jake Seeley, who dropped the big article over on the Athletic with all of the ranks and. The movie ranks. Just not to sidetrack us or anything like that, Jake. I perused your movie ranks of 2022. And I do hate to say that I feel like 2022 might be the worst year of movies. And (laughs) I've seen maybe half of the movies that you listed. So I can't be in full agreement. But um, your top movie, I haven't even seen, I don't think, your top two movies. I, I hate to say it. I have not seen Top Gun. But I do agree that the Batman is in the top list. It's my number one for the year. Pretty much everything else has been relative trash. <laughs> it was rough, especially when the fact that I have like the Adam Project and Uncharted inside the top 10. It was it was a quiet year. Apparently, a lot of comments that I need to see everything everywhere all at once or whatever. So that's on the list. <laughs> I do, uh, too. Nope is on the list, but yes, a Top Don't. Gun no, Maverick no, no. was better. Okay, so I'm going to stop you here. This is a okay. big one for me here. Well, hold on. Because... Let me say what number one was, because everybody out there, go see Bullet Train. Bullet Train was amazing. My favorite movie of the year, ahead of Top Gun. Was that the Brad Pitt one? Yes, yes. I was about to call it the Brad Evans, because uh, <laughs> Brandon's there, but no, I don't think he was in that, Brad, but I have not seen that. Um, I, ha- I have a lot of questions about this, and, and I got to tell you, to give you credit, I think this movie list you made exponentially harder than week one ranks like exponentially (laughs) i wouldn't be shocked if you spent twice as much more time on this but i gotta tell you at the bottom of your list there's one thing i looked for it was nope 
And I am not, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I have a lot of fun. I'm kind of dopey sometimes with movies. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm just here to have a good time. A lot of the movies you put on there, like Black Phone uh, or whatever, that was a good movie. Uh, there's a couple There's a couple you didn't put on there. Fall was a kind of good movie. I'm easygoing. But I went to the theaters and spent money on Nope. And it is by far the worst movie I've ever seen. It, if you uh, calculate everything in together of the money spent and you have a realization while you're sitting in a theater eating food and being like, this is the story, I need you to see that movie and I need to know where this is on your list. It's the most important <laughs> thing of 2022. I've seen mind. it. I, I've, I don't seen, have... I've seen it. And I will say, I would never watch it again. And I think I, ever I, I nodded off for a while in there, and that's, <laughs> which is what I normally do when I used to go take my kids to like you know animated movies. I'd nod off for about ten or fifteen minutes in the middle. Well, this one was just slow, and I think people are afraid to give uh, you know to to fade Jordan Peele a little bit. But uh, I think we got love Jordan Peele. We got to call a spade love a spade it. here and say that this was not a great movie. We truly, and I would say this, Brendan. What would you rather do? Spend money to watch Nope. Or bet the Jets money line in Week One. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a there's not knowing what Nope was. There's at least a chance for a payoff with the Jets. It's not a great chance, but there's no chance for a payoff with Nope. <laughs> I already had low expectations because the the freaking trailers were all over the map. It was like scary, and then the next one's like hokey jokey, ha ha ha, and like, and then the next one's like a mix of both. And so I already had low expectations, and I will. I don't. I'm not scared. First of all. Get Out was good, not amazing. Us good. was wildly overrated and stupid when you really start to think down that premise. And I really liked it, but yeah. No, it was... It, it, where did they get the effing scissors from? Why are they like... They're, <laughs> they're walking into walls like everything's mimicked on Earth and... Was, oh, don't get me started on us. Okay, you know what? You know what, though? <laughs> I swear, we're doing a separate podcast. As soon as you watch Nope, it's going to be the best show we've ever done. If you're complaining about those movies, just wait. What was No, the no, no, Get one? Out was good. Get Out was good. Okay, well, but you're getting on to us and everything like that. That was a good movie. What was the number one, real quick, because we got to get to uh, week one. We got a lot of week it. one ranks. I said, I said uh, no, no, no. But what was the number one that you got from people on your article? What, like, the most, like, oh, oh my the gosh. Everything, the everything everywhere all at once. Everybody's like, okay, everybody, that was what like, people were you need to Like, they, so many people said that, that you need to go see that or see it now on demand. Yeah, if you want too, your I head to start spinning that. and you, it will never stop, like, I don't, that movie to me is like, I don't know what I just saw. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Uh, let me try to figure out what there's. I mean, it's it's so convoluted, and and you know, I think it's kind of. I don't. Know. Yeah, you go watch it, and we'll we'll talk about that because I think that's a more. I mean, can we agree that conversation? This is the worst year of movies, and the the only one to me, Batman was the clear best movie of the year. There's nothing really close. The Marvel movies disappointed. I agreed with where you put like multiverse as a disappointment. It's just a bad year for movies in general. Well, Top Gun is is legit good. So see, I haven't seen it. That's my problem. That. I, I need it, to go see but it. But I agree. I think it's it's a trash year, and I people are trashing on like Uncharted and Gray Man and and the Adam Project, but those are mindless old school. Just an hour and a half of yeah, okay. I was entertained. I it kept me watching. I actually did a flight from Chicago, from Seattle to Chicago, watching two of those movies. So I thank those movies because they got me through it without you know the the flight dragging on. So um, yeah, they weren't terrible. But th- when those guys are among Jake's you know, legitimate top 10 to 15 movies, it's a bad year. 
I'm telling you. Can I pull you. this back around before everybody gives us one star and actually talk <laughs> rankings? Yeah, no, we're about to move it out. We're, I'm moving on with it. But I wanted that my whole point was just think of how great this article is. That's just a part of it. That was just with the uh, movie stuff. There are tons of great ranks you can check out uh, for Jake, and we are going to be jumping into it today. We're actually going to be pitting. We're going to be pitting Brandon versus Jake and some ranks a little bit later. We're going to be looking at a variety of different ways, and I'm going to jump into it as well. We can take a look at some ranks. we got a lot of rank talk we're going to be getting into for week one to get you guys prepared. If you guys haven't already, click the links and checked out all the articles to get you guys prepped. And I would highly suggest you continuously bookmark it because they're going to get updated. That's a big thing. We're not going to get too crazy focused on numbers necessarily into this episode. I might throw a few out, but they're going to be updated Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as things go on. So make sure you've uh, you are all signed up, and if you haven't already, go and check out the athletic. Get in on the deal. It is a very good time to uh, sign up if you aren't, and get going with it. So let's get going with the podcast. I've got a few news pieces. What I'm going to do is I'm going to roll through the big things that have come out today as we are recording this, and I'm going to let each of you pick one that has any type of impact for you, whether it's positive or negative, and the things that are ruminating around going into week one currently. J.K. Dobbins, his status. Currently, they're telling us that his status is going to become clearer come Friday. Uh, Reports are that Kenyon Drake looks like he would be the de facto starter with Mike Davis playing whatever role they're going to end up being if it's like the third down back. You've got a bunch of limited and not practice guys. You've got Chase Edmonds was limited in practice. Jalen Waddell did practice on Thursday, which is, I think, huge. Chris Godwin was not seen at practice, and they're saying maybe a game-time decision. No Alan Lazard at practice. Kittle is nursing a groin injury, and Zach Ertz not practicing Thursday. Every name I mentioned to you has got to be on your radar for all of your starts this week. So, Jake, I'm going to start with you. Of all of these, whether it's positive or negative, whether it's Waddles practicing or Godwin is not, which one of these pieces of news has your attention the most? Packers, uh, because Godwin and Dobbins are easy. I don't want to play them if you have any other options, even if they're out there. I just I don't want to risk week one, and I'm, I'm happy to see what they do on my bench. Uh, Kittle, obviously, that's a big hit for people who went tight end early. Ertz, mm. that's, but it's Lazard, because you know, sat here all offseason talking about the fact that Lazard had more end zone targets than Devontae Adams did last year, and Lazard steps in as the number one, even if the target share isn't 25%. You already have the touchdown upside of playing with Aaron Rodgers and he trusts him and where everybody's trying to figure out Sammy Watkins and all the rest and Dubs. So I look at this and I say, oh, okay, well now there's no Alan Lazard. The gates are open. Uh, Dobbs looks good, but there's talk that Christian Watson went out there with Dobbs looks better. It's just going to take him some weeks. I think the easy answer is, well, Rodney Cobb's role doesn't change. If Alan Lazard is not out there, it's Sammy Watkins steps in for Alan Lazard. But to go to what Funston said, maybe the smart play is just both running backs because Aaron Jones is going to get 17 targets and A.J. Dillon's going to get all the runs. Like this, It's messy. I, I don't think anybody's in the situation you need to start Sammy Watkins. But I, I hate the fact that I have Lazard as a wide receiver four in a lot of leagues because you didn't have to draft him as a three. And this is frustrating for week one. I was wondering if you were going to fall into that mix of the Sammy Watkins, because there's a lot of Sammy Watkins chatter that's going out there that's saying, hey, if he just jumps into that role, Sammy but who Watkins. who did you draft that you're starting Sammy Watkins over him? Like like <laughs> a 16-team league, maybe? Like if you're in a typical 12-team league, I don't care if you went running back heavy, if you drafted a quarterback early. Like, how are you getting Sammy Watkins even in your lineup anyway? Maybe Godwin. Maybe Godwin. I mean, Godwin, if he's going to miss some time. But you'd um, probably have a better option behind Godwin. 
That's what I'm saying. You would like, hope. Yeah. You would hope. I mean, are you co- more comfortable with... Okay, let me throw this out. Would you be more comfortable with like a Traylon Burks if you want to go with a rookie, like a Traylon Burks, or would you go with Sammy Watkins? Oh, no, 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 I'm laughing. I'm, I'm, hold on, hold on. I'm laughing. This is only our fourth show together, Fustin. Legitimately, in my head, I was like, I'd probably go Traylon Burks. Like, before you said it, before you said, would you go? And I was going to throw out Traylon Burks' name against the Giants because if Adoree Jackson is their own, basically their only really good corner, sticks on Woods, and then Burks has the upside. It just At least I know Burks is the two, even though I'm the one sitting here saying I'd rather wait for 2023 Burks than 2022 Burks, which could be the second half of the season. But you're going to give me Burks versus the Giants versus Watkins versus Cobb versus Dobbs versus the backfield versus Tanyan is going to be out there, granted not 100%, versus Christian Watson is going to be out there, granted not 100 Like There's a litany of options. At least I know Burks is the two. Yeah, and yeah. I think... You know, the standard thing for like a 12-team league is that Sammy Watkins is not getting drafted a lot. So this is a go out and grab Sammy Watkins off the waiver wire kind of play where you would have to cut someone where you might maybe have a someone of a similar level like Traylon Burks. So why even go out and make the move? Like, it's like I don't know that there's so much of a difference that it involves you having to cut somebody, bring him on. And so I just don't I don't see it either. Uh, Brandon, uh, on the rest of these, you've got Dobbins, you've got Waddle practicing, you've got Kittle, Ertz. Uh, any of these injury pieces, positively or negatively, jump out to you that you want to highlight? It sounds like Waddle should be okay. I agree with Jake. I was going to say right off the top, I don't care if Dobbins plays. I'm not playing him. I don't. I just think he's going to be <laughs> slow played, and and I don't really want to mess with it. But uh, Kittle, I mean, outside of outside of the Al Lazard, Kittle is an interesting one because it's Trey Lance's, you know, big opening start you're not going to have George Kittle there what's this offense going to look I think it's some ramifications to how this offense shakes out I'm certainly doesn't hurt Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel's upside but and 49ers could probably win this game with without Kittle it's just it it toughs for it's tough for the for the top shelf tight end drafters and it's good for the Brandon Ayuk drafters it's very good for the brand. Hopefully for the Debo Samuel betters, too, on the uh, receiving prop that was kind of low and is kind of simmering around that 52, 53 yards, which I think I can get down with. Uh, so there you go. Those are some of the week one pieces. Obviously, you're going to want to continuously monitor the news and monitor uh, what both Brandon and Jake have going on as ranks and things will adjust. But that gives you a good piece. All right. Let's take a look at some week one ranks. So we're not going to just go listy listy here. We're going to put some pieces together for conversation. You want to go listy-listy? Jake tells you. Check the link. It's pretty easy. But I do have some different variations of things that are going to get us talking, and then we're going to pit these two up against each other here in just a little bit. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's start off with a little quarterback play. 
Quarterback one, you're more confident than most this week. And I will start off here just to throw this out, just to get everybody upset. And my most confident, I know this is at the top, and this one's going to a little wonky because it's quarterbacks in general. You're talking about top guys. Who are you really going to sit? But my number one quarterback for the week is Patrick Mahomes. I put him at number one. It's three spots higher than like ECR consensus. I think the Chiefs are going to roll in the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are overrated. J.J. Watt's a little bit banged up. The ball is going to be moving all around, which is not going to allow the Cardinals to have any centralized defense, I think, on the Chiefs. I love Mahomes. I love the matchup. I love the amount of points that are going to be out there. And the fun thing is, all three of us have different number one quarterbacks for the week. So to give the answer, uh, I am most confident than many others in Patrick Mahomes this week in my spot. Jake, who uh, who are you more confident than most at quarterback this week? Does it, I mean, I guess, does that count if Josh Allen, I have him number one and nobody else wants to put him at one? Even against the rest <laughs> I, I would say if you missed out on a top 10 or maybe you want to say, all right, this has looked ugly for Trey Lance so far. Maybe with no George Kittle, it gets really ugly. And let me see a week. Let me wait a week. Well, I think the answer's in Jacksonville. I, I said it we were on the show mm. last week, like, wait, earlier this week or last week, whatever it was, this year's Joe Burrow. It, he's going to be Joe Burrow this year. He's going to take off and have that ascension that everybody saw Joe Burrow have last year. He's going to do the same this year with Jacksonville. They bring in Christian Kirk. They have health all the way up and down the line with Travis Etienne. You have an offense that makes sense under Doug Peterson, which is the biggest thing. And let's not forget the talent. We talked about him coming out of college. And on the flip side, let's look at that defense. That commander's defense is shaky with no Chase Young on top of it. I I think you can just pick them apart all day long. And I I think that if you're looking for that potential safe, again, this is, I I went a little bit deeper because if you have Carr, you're just going to play Carr, Rodgers, and stuff like that. So I say Trevor Lawrence, who I have three spots higher than consensus. Yeah, and I like that. That's definitely, I mean, you can go either way with this one when we're just talking about your confidence level that beats kind of the consensus uh, mindset. So, Brandon, who do you got at quarterback? You're more confident whether it is uh, tops, middle, or even deeper. Yeah, quarterback is tops. I'll just follow your lead since you went with Holmes number one. I have I have Justin Herbert number one, and he's consensus number four. Ooh, so spicy. Yeah, it's not that spicy. It really isn't. He, I mean, <laughs> he is uh, the he is the Vegas leader in over under number for touchdown passes and passing yards. I mean, he's literally like right up there as MVP. But I just like him at home, and I like him against the Raiders. And I, you know, there's. This is lined up for him to have a great year this year, year three. And you really kind of have like an idyllic spot, you know, in week one with everybody, all his weapons at his disposal. And and there's plenty of them. I just think he's going to be the number one quarterback out of the gate. All right. uh, We're going to have another quarterback one quarterback. That's in a bad spot that you'd like to avoid. I think this one is kind of, difficult in general because at the end of the day we all know this one thing we can talk and we can break down these players and stuff but Jake kind of already said it for the most part you just came out of your drafts like you're not going to get cute and you're not going to start sitting all your main guys you drafted you know your main quarterbacks your main running backs for the most part you're going to play them and not go nuts about it so this one can be a little bit more difficult but I just can't help but not be into Dak Prescott this weekend uh, against Tampa Bay. I just don't like the matchup. I'm a little bit lower than ECR. I've just got him as a QB1 in a 12-teamer, so that would be out in any 10-teamers that are out there, and I just don't particularly like the spot, and you know, we could have gone in some other directions if some of the lower quarterbacks, like there's something that jumps out to me 
when I see, you know, Dak, you could maybe have marked Matthew Stafford, but the game is going on. Um, but some of the quarterbacks that are lower, like I don't want to say I would move like a Matt Ryan over him. I just don't particularly love the situation against this Tampa Bay defense. So I'm a little bit lower than consensus. Jake, what about you? Quarterback that you are a lot less confident that you think is in a bad spot this weekend that you'd avoid. Mm-hmm. I just would avoid I know a lot of people probably didn't draft Kirk Cousins as their only quarterback. Uh, but again, this is where that's where I would stick with Trey Lance. Uh, last year, he did have a great game against Green Bay, uh, but he'd missed the other one. Um, I don't remember. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it was Jerry Alexander even in that game. I don't remember. But you go back to two years when Jefferson had his breakout year. And, you know, it was kind of hit or miss against Green Bay. The first week was OK. The second game wasn't great. And, you know, this is. The Vikings and the Packers, I feel like we do this all the time. We're like, oh, it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a shootout. And then it's like every other time it's like, oh, this one turned out 17-13. Great. Like, so I just, I, I wouldn't want to roll out Kirk Cousins just thinking it's a guaranteed lock that they're going to go crazy in week one just because they're facing the Packers. And we mentioned the Packers before with Lazard. What if Packers run, 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 run? How many pass attempts, how many plays are the Vikings going to be able to squeeze in if the Packers are grinding out the clock by leaning in the backfield with their concerns at wide receiver? So, again, it's not like it's a huge one, but I just I don't see dropping anybody that's a QB1 to my bench. I'm, I'm starting all the top 12. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that, too, because I look like one of my things with Dak that makes it tough for me to like point him out is the guys behind him. What I'd obviously be looking like, at is like the next three or four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, who am I going to bench him for? So uh, I'm, I'm marking that I like him a little bit less this week, I think, than most. Um, Derek, like Derek Carr would be an interesting one for me. Like Derek Carr, I think I might be able to play. But otherwise, Kirk Cousins, my whole point of this, to wrap it to yours, is like Kirk Cousins would be one of those guys I would probably look at. Like, hey, is there a better matchup? And you're right. I don't particularly love the Green Bay matchup because it can get uh, a little bit nutty. Brandon, same question for you. Quarterback that is in a, maybe a bad spot that you're trying to avoid this weekend. Well, it's it's the same game as Jake was talking about, but why you know, if, if Green Bay is gonna go full run, like why are we gonna like Aaron Rodgers more than usual? I actually like him a little bit less than usual because of the unknown, because of the Alan Lazard unknown, but because of the you don't have your snuggy Devontae Adams anymore and you, you Aaron Rodgers done a great job of making stars out of, of unknowns in the past, but you know, Rome's not built in a day or Romeo's not built in a day and uh <laughs> sorry they're bad fun, but um Ba-dum. Yeah, I mean, I is there, are there going to be no growing pains with this new group of characters? Like, and is is the you know because of this, are we going to see a lot more run, uh, you know, from the Green Bay Packers for it? So I'm in the same kind of boat with Dak Prescott. Are you benching Aaron Rodgers? Not if you drafted him. I mean, I unless you have Trevor Lawrence as your backup, then you you know maybe you do consider benching him for Trevor Lawrence, but. Uh, you know, I just think you're going to see less, you know, less than you want from Aaron Rodgers in week one. You know, though it is to say, like, we don't want to dismiss it that, like, people that took those back-end quarterbacks were probably more likely to try to swoop in and get another one of those guys. Like, yeah. I did it a couple times. That's that's actually multiple instances where I got Trey Lance in leagues was being able to see him fall and kind of take two guys together. So there's a possibility that, you know, probably not with Dak, but people would, like, Aaron Rodgers and you know Derek Carr and Trey Lance and stuff would have a couple options to kind of go with here. All right, so we're going to jump into running backs. Running back one who sneaks in or running back who sneaks into the top 12 or really close to it. And I am going to pass this just to Jake because we have the same player. I think I'm a little bit higher this week. But I, we have, I the, have same the same player, player as well. 
So we can do we all have the same player? Yeah. yeah. All right. So it's then a, I'm going to just pass it to Jake and Brandon to go just through. a team and like we'll move on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Jake, you it, kick it, it off and Brandon, you can retort. Oh, uh, yeah, because it's Elijah Mitchell, which everybody calls and says I'm high on in general. But look, ready for week one. Keep saying the door was open. I admittedly said the door was open for the Shanahanigans because they happen when people get hurt. But when the door was open, nobody stepped through it. They all stopped. Actually, Trey Sermon went out the door to another team. So that just tells you that Mitchell is ready for week one. And if you look at this game, and I know Trey Lance is now the quarterback, but even when Debo was doing Debo things last year, it was week 10 or 11. From there on out, it was 20, 27, 20, 21, 23, 27. Like the carries were off the charts for Mitchell. So even if they come down a little bit because of Trey Lance, you're still talking 15-plus carries, potentially still 20 in a game we're all sitting here saying the 49ers are going to cakewalk this. If you're going to cakewalk this game, Elijah Mitchell's going to get his 20 carries. So, yes, he could get hurt. And then we're going to be scrambling for the waiver wires for Davis Price or maybe Mason as the the deep, deep, deep one because it's always the deep, deep, deep one. But at least in week one, Elijah Mitchell is a top 20 running back. If I'm picking up Jordan Mason, I'm rioting. I'm going to riot. <laughs> I'm going to freak out if I'm picking up Jordan. And I'll do it. I'll yeah. do it. Don't test me. Uh, but Brandon. Yeah, uh, well, I, well, I sent you my rankings, goal. initial rankings last night. I said these are very, you know, these are very tentative and kind of like yeah. the first pass. And I had Mitchell too low, but... I'm out here doing this thing for BetMGM where we're kind of identifying week one player props. And Elijah Mitchell was at 59 and a half. And you just look up that number. He averaged 87 and a half yards per game on the ground in his 11 games. Last year had 137 against the Chicago Bears defense. Might be worse defense this year than they were last year. Like Elijah Mitchell's healthy right now. And to Jake's point, like he can get hurt when he's out there. But when he's healthy, you play him. You absolutely play him. And it's a great... It's a great matchup. So, yeah, I've, I hiked him up in my running back ranking since when I initially sent him out to you. Okay. I'm going to go make the bet, like, right when we're done with this show. I've already made a couple. I've already committed to a couple. I'm going to go make that one. I just need to, like, dive into it. I'm always a little about the Niners and jumping into those. All right. So let's do another running back one. Biggest consensus difference. Now, this is a plus or minus. So all I'm essentially telling you here is a guy, even if you're lower than the pack or you want to say you're higher than the pack. For instance, mine... I am lower than the pack on David Montgomery for all the inverse reasons we talk about with Eli Mitchell. The Bears against the 49ers. I, I have a little bit of worry with the Bears and my 49ers in general. Just 49ers can play down to teams. It's early in the season. But at the end of the day, David Montgomery is not somebody that I trust. I think Khalil Her- Herbert is going to be the number one in this from a fantasy perspective because if the Bears are down, I think you're going to have a lot of Herbert in there trying to pass the ball. I don't like Dave Montgomery. Niners don't give up crazy amounts of rushing yards. I don't see him scoring. I think Herbert is going to be playing more in the second half. So Dave Montgomery, I am consensusly lower by 10 spots um, than Mm. the ECR. So I am quite a bit lower on David Montgomery. So that's my consensus plus or minus. Um, Jake, you're plus or minus. Who are you going to take? Oh, it's Damian Pierce plus six. Uh, uh, yeah, I've been Damian Pierce, Damian Pierce, Damian Pierce ever since the draft. Love some Damian Pierce. The one caveat I will throw out here is I was super hyped for his upside as potentially even top 15 because of no Shaquille Leonard, not Darius Leonard anymore. But he's practicing. I will say, if Darius Leonard's out there. Shaquille Leonard. See, I just tripped myself up. <laughs> he just if did Sha- it. <laughs> Shaquille Leonard is out there. He is that big of a game changer. I uh, was talking with Pat Mayo, and I was trying to remember the name, and he reminded me it was Hicks. Hicks for the Bears for those years where it was like if Hicks was on and off the field, it was like you could run, and then you couldn't run if he was on the field. This is very similar. So I'm still starting Pierce. 
as an RB2, but I'm not as confident if Leonard is out there. So as of right now, a less than 100% or out Leonard, I think that Pierce is a rock-solid top 20 as well. I like that. All right, uh, plus or minus, consensus running back, positive or negative, Brandon, who you got? Yeah, just looking at it, it's Brees Hall. I have him ranked RB40 for week one, and I, I like Brees Hall. But let's listen to what the Jets said, and let's also listen to or look at what the Jets did last year. We loved Michael Carter and his landing spot there, and he seemed like the most talented guy right out of the gate, but he had to – he had to deal with Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson for a while, and he had to kind of you know, cut his teeth, and then they opened up things for him a little bit more. But they've already told us Brees Hall is not the standout number one guy here, so it's a, it's a split backfield against the Baltimore Ravens, and if it's a more passing because the Jets are chasing on the scoreboard, I think you have to give it to Michael Carter and his experience and in, in, in bidding in this offense. And, you know, Week one of a of a rookie running back in the Baltimore Ravens, you can get your quarterback blown up if you have Brees Hall out there, and they, you know. So I think this is one of those things where they slow play Brees Hall, just like Michael Carter was slow played last year. So I like Brees Hall long haul, but he's RB forty for me in week one. One of my favorite things to watch over probably this week specifically, and Jake, I really would love a report back on this is the panic we're going to get about rookie running backs. The amount of <laughs> questions of. Should I dump Ken Walker because he didn't play? Brees Hall was outperformed by Michael Carter. Where was James Cook? Isaiah Spiller didn't even suit up. We're going to get like all of that type of stuff, and it is going to be magnificent to watch <laughs> the panic, forgetting like these are rookie running backs, guys, and that's a horrible matchup for Brees Hall. I don't mm. disagree with that with that one at all. Do you? Are you anticipating, Jake, the insanity of rookie running back fear and terror that will come from your readers oh. and listeners? A hundred percent. And because they said that Damian Pierce is pretty much the only one we even feel good about in the first week because of everything said, like the Brees Hall. Actually, Michael Carter was, as Fonson knows, because he edited it, was one of my sleepers for the week. And I think that it could actually be a Michael Carter game. So you have that situation. And then, I mean, I'm looking like I have Cook at 48 and... He was the next one, and I'm looking for the rest. Of- Warren's at 58 only because we got the report from our own Mark Mark Bowley that he's going to be on special teams, which means there's a good, better chance that he actually sees some action because he's already going to be out there for special teams. But Algiers barely inside the 60s or top 60. Zamir White's outside the top 60. Pacheco's mm. outside the top 60. Like, yeah, you're going to have a lot of people who are just going to be like, what the hell happened? Dude, when Clyde Zelaya scores a touchdown, everyone's going to be like, you guys were lying about Pacheco. You're a bunch of liars. <laughs> And that'll be the best. I'm I'm totally did, here to watch. If they Martin. kept Ronald Jones, they can't feel that good about Pacheco. <laughs> That's the logic. <laughs> I, I mean, I was making cases to a lot of people about like, listen, if Ronald Jones is there, but then it looked like he was going to get cut, and now he's still on the roster when he vultures a touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> I was oh, say Jared McKinnon. Jared McKinnon. It's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. All right, let's go over to wide receivers. Sneakiest top twenty-four wide receiver of the week. So this is a guy that is going to jump in as being a top two wide receiver. This might not be going out on a crazy limb, but it's higher than consensus. I've got Juju Smith-Schuster. Obviously, I think quite highly of the Chiefs this week. I think quite highly of Patrick Mahomes. I also think quite highly of Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he's going to answer a lot of questions. And I've got him seven spots higher than the consensus and inside the top 24 of wide receivers this week. Not that he wouldn't be a must start, but... You know, their Yahoo standard is still two wide receivers, I would just point out to people. There are still people that play in two wideouts. Got to get Juju in there. Big, big time for this week for me. Jake, let's go over to yours. What do we got for your sneaky top 24 wide receiver of the week? 
Yeah, I'll give you two because I don't know the first one's necessarily that sneaky, but I, we talked about on last other shows. Or I don't remember which one at this point already. It's already week one. I don't remember which show I said what on. <laughs> but the DK Metcalf disrespect uh, with Funston echoing as well. So the fact that I have DK Metcalf solidly inside top 20, like I think that's going to surprise some people by that. I have DK Metcalf actually at 20 in front of McLaurin and Allen Robinson and names like that. So I'll give mm-hmm. one bonus one. And technically he doesn't count because he's 26. But... When I look at the consensus, he's plus seven or eight or something like that. And it's Christian Kirk. I'm going back to the Trevor Lawrence. I'm going back to attacking the Washington Commanders. And Christian Kirk could be 30% target share this year. They could be looking like, he's their Cooper Cup. And no, he's not going to finish number one. He's not even going to finish number 10. But I'm just saying the volume being to Christian Kirk and then everybody else is just the second afterthought combined. Uh, I think Christian Kirk should be in lineups in week one. Yeah, I like that you put up Kirk because we were we were going to do it in another section, but we just need to make sure to talk about Kirk because this is a good one. So, Brandon, uh, sneaky top uh, twenty-four wide receiver jumping in to that range for you. Yeah, well, I was similar. I was I was five spots higher on Juju, so I was close. He's number twenty-five for me. I I don't really have a good like just snuck inside the top twenty-four, but I will say Terry McLaurin. I have it wide receiver twelve, and he's ECR eighteen. Oh, wow. So I have him as the very back end wide receiver one. I just. Mm. Look, we don't love Carson Wentz, but there is some things that Carson Wentz does that play to Terry McLaurin's talents, and I think those can come to play here against the Jacksonville Jaguars in week one, who I do think they're going to be, the Jaguars are going to be turning in the right direction this year, but much like how the Packers passing game might take a little bit of time, uh, you know, the Jaguars as an organization being a legit more competitive team in the NFL is going to take some time as well. So I actually think Terry McLaurin gets out of the gate with a big play and ends up getting inside the top 12 this week. So are you just worried about their secondary versus their front seven? Because I think their front seven has held some good pieces on there. No, I think they have I think they have definite talent. I actually think they've had decent talent even last year in spots. I, it's just, you know, making those guys congeal and, and play well, you know, it will take some time. But, no, I'm talking about their secondary. I think Terry McLaurin can yeah. make some plays against that secondary okay. for sure. Too much Shaq Griffin you saw firsthand. That's what yes. it was. Exactly. A lot of shacks. We got to watch shacks this weekend. Shacks are <laughs> yeah, we do. Take things away from us. Shacked and a fool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bavom. Uh, last one on the rank deep, deep dive here. Higher than consensus wide receiver uh, that, you know, in like the top 40 for the week. And mine is a little bit of a honk play, I will tell you. But I don't know Julio Jones. I got Julio Jones like 11 spots higher. Chris Godwin on the, you know, the chopping block a little bit to play. Brady is going to make a statement early on. I like an anytime touchdown for Julio. They were saying it's not just about, you know, little gadgety type of stuff. Like, no, he is ready to go. Seems to be a good rapport. I know it seems nutty and weird, but I have him quite high inside the top 40. He jumped in, and that is a higher than consensus wide receiver for me this week. Jake, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go back to somebody I told a lot of people to draft, so hopefully I'm not wrong about this one, but the volume is going to offset the concerns of the offense with Amari Cooper. I think uh, similar to Christian Kirk, uh, if you look at Jacoby Brissett, yeah, touchdowns might not be there. He's not going to throw for 300 yards, but that's why I like Cooper. This is why I like him in this situation to see six, seven, eight targets every single week because he's going to throw to Cooper and Njoko and nobody else. Like, yeah, he'll check down to Kareem Hunt sometimes, but he's not throwing downfield to Donovan Peoples-Jones. I like Bell long-term, like maybe once we talk Watson later this year and then next year for David Bell. But I'm looking at this team, and it's just going to be Cooper, 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 Cooper. So, I mean, you talk about until the wheels fall off potential type of volume situation. Like, I can see Cooper at the end of the year with 140 targets. So I'm, I'm rolling out Cooper 
pretty much every single week. And he's only your wide receiver three. Most Some people were drafting him as your wide receiver four, and that's why. Brandon, what do you got? Uh, you know, other than Terry McLaurin, who I'm plus six on, I'm also plus six on Robert Woods, who's ECR 40, and I'm, I'm wide receiver 34. And Traylon Burks, I know they have big plans for him, but again, I don't bet on rookies in week one. And I think Robert Woods is a clear number one option in this passing game against the Giants. I like the matchup as well. And one I would just mention who I have at wide receiver 45, which is 27 spots higher than consensus, is Alec Pierce, who we've talked about on this show. But great matchup against Houston, number two option. I think, you know, I keep seeing him not get drafted in 12-team leagues, and I think he's the perfect last-round guy because right now he's positioned to far out, out, you know, outvalue that spot. Alex, now, he saw I had Alec Pierce at 52 and had to trump me. That's what it was. Oh, does that what you have? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we're going to well, talk about Well, you're like 20-something over ECR still. So. Well, let's, yeah. uh, we, let's save it. We're going to talk about it. We got some debates. Something uh, I always like to do in podcasts is get into the player debates. But now I get to host and I get to watch a little bit of a battle. Battle of ranks. It, very difficult, I think, into week one as we do this because we're really waiting to see out. But we do have some differences. You already talked about one piece here and Brandon kind of made a case for it, but we didn't get any type of retort. So we are going to have a few rank debates of Jake versus Brandon. Round one, fight. There we go. <laughs> Round one, fight, Jake. Are you ready? quarterback number one overall brandon has justin herbert you have lamar uh, josh allen i'm sorry josh allen so make the case why josh allen is and this is going to be funny because he's playing tonight jake why josh allen is so much of an easier play even though against the rams at number one overall versus where you have him i believe you have herbert at five so this is a herbert at five versus Herbert at one situation, make the case against Justin Herbert as you have Josh Allen. Uh, so I guess it's more against Justin Herbert then. Why do you, why do you hate I, Justin Herbert is what you're saying. Yeah, why do you yeah, hate Justin Herbert? Yeah, because it's like Josh Allen, like it's, I mean, this is kind of like the Christian McCaffrey running back. Okay, he might not finish number one, but what did he finish number three? So like, yeah, I don't really care. So when it comes down to Justin Herbert, yeah, I absolutely hate him. <laughs> Having him number five, he's the worst <laughs> quarterback in the history of forever. Uh, look, this is, this look, Lamar Jackson's in front of him. Jalen Hurts is in front of him at three. And then your boy, Patrick Mahomes, is at four. So Justin Herbert checks in at five. I think people are overlooking the Raiders' defense just because it was such a mess, and they sent a lot of mistakes off this team, both on the offense and the defense. I think it's better than people give credit for. Not that Justin Herbert can't tear it up. He's at five, and as Funston mentioned earlier in the show, he's at home, and so no problem there. But look what I'm going to go for here is where is the upside for a potential number one finish? The rushing quarterback, Lamar Jackson, against the Jets. The rushing quarterback against the Lions and Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes. And then Herbert checks in. It's just, Patrick, it has nothing to do with it. It's just, I, I can't get Herbert over them. And that's why, for like you said, I hate him. Like, this is what it comes down to all the time. Why do I hate Tom Brady at nine? Well, just because I can't get him in front of the people in front of him. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I already kind of laid out why I like Justin Herbert. Uh, I will say that I've, Josh Allen, like I was just looking up, he has a weird Ben Roethlisberger thing going in the last three years where he's averaged like over 60 passing yards more per game on the road. And so like as I started dug in, digging into Josh Allen, the matchup a little bit more, I kind of liked Josh Allen a little bit. I could argue maybe now Allen number one over Herbert, but I would have Herbert too, which means I still have him way higher than, than Jake does, way higher, like, you know, at least yeah. three spots. So 
<laughs> I could what I could have said if, you know, going off your uh, first ranks that I got sent. I could have said, Brandon, why do you hate Josh Allen? <laughs> yeah, why do you exactly. hate Josh Allen? Is what you do. That's my favorite thing on the planet. All right, quarterback first week is a little bit difficult. Let's go to round two. Round two, fight. Damian Harris. We're digging around, digging around on these running backs. Jake has Damian Harris as an RB two this week. Brandon does not have Damian Harris as an RB2. As a matter of fact, it seemed, and now you may have changed your ranks a little bit, but uh, Brandon might be falling a little bit outside almost of the RB3 range. So Brandon, let's start with you. Why do you hate Damian Harris? And why does Jake get all the Damian Harris love? Why would you let this happen? <laughs> and I've, I've been big on Damian Harris, but I start buying into Ramondre Stevenson being the third down, being the passing down back, being a guy that will mix in more on regular carries than he did last year. You know, you start to see some of these Beat writers coming out and saying, wouldn't be surprised if Rondé Stevenson takes the number one job here. I don't think there's a number one job, but I, I think it's it's getting to be more of a, a straight split platoon. And in, in which case, in a game against Miami, I think Miami's going to win this game. I don't think New England's that good. I think they're going to have to throw the ball, the Patriots, well a little bit. And I think that might lend itself to a little bit more Ramondre Stevenson. But just to kind of reiterate something that I said before, like RB25 to RB40 is a lot of guys that you could slice and dice and put a, a whole lot of different ways in my mind. I think there's so many split backfields right now with two guys being legit in terms of their roles. And I think that's what we got here. I just think this game might be more ripe for what Ramondre Stevenson's going to do in, in the passing game. Jake, why do you right, love well, Damian Harris? Well, let me play trivia time for you guys. What did Damian Harris have more of last year? Reception games of two or reception games of zero? Mm, I wonder what you set us up here for, Jake. I'm going to go with reception games of zero. Boston? Uh, yeah, it seems like that would be the more shocking thing, right? Like, So, yeah. No. If you know me, I set you both to fail no matter what because it was ah. tied. It was four and four. <laughs> oh, you, that's why. And I didn't say two plus because he did have one game with four receptions. But I'm bringing this up to say... Every other game was 0-1 or 2 outside that 1-4 reception game. I don't care that Damian Harris isn't going to be used in the passing game. I don't care. And I actually disagree with you a little bit, Funston, and not the fact that the Dolphins could probably win this game and should win this game. I don't think they can pass, that being the Patriots. I don't think they're going to let back Jones throw that much because Patricia and Joe Judge are running this offense. These two dudes are going to run the ball even when they're down 30 to nothing. Like, I just, I don't see it there. So I think Damian Harris is going to get his 15 carries a target or two, and I don't care because if they somehow, hopefully, this is the problem here, I say hopefully, they're going to get into the red zone. They're determined Damian Harris, Damian Harris, Damian Harris. We saw that last year. One of the highest, him, James Conner, Leonard Fournette. We're talking about the top elites of elites of getting those carries inside the red and the actually the green zone, if you want to call it that. So I like Stevenson too, but my thing is I don't think you have to dislike either one of them. Where do you have hmm. Stevenson ranked? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember. He has 29. Oh, look at that. Out of consensus. I'm looking at my rankings. I must. Uh, I have Harris 28 and Stevenson 29. So, I, so there you go. I actually ranked. Back I, have back. Rank, I, have a, yeah. I have a five spot gap. Okay. Very, very spicy. Final one. Final round. Fight. Wide receivers. You guys almost ruined it earlier. <laughs> Alec Pierce. Oh, I was like, I've got to get you off of it. Don't look. Don't look. Alec Pierce. I hate him. Brandon has it 45, <laughs> and Jake can't stand his 
face. Jake hates Alec Pierce at 52, says he's worthless, wants nothing to do with him. I know we weren't going to talk crazy numbers. <laughs> 20 spots over consensus, but he hates him. And Jake, I apologize. We were not going to talk numbers, but I just had to on this one because you hate him. So tell us why you hate Alec Pierce, even though you're 20 spots higher than consensus, and why you would let Brandon have so much love for him. <laughs> How about just the fact of why we both love him? Is because he's the How number about? two. He's the, he's the number two with Matt Ryan, and he's the number two with Matt Ryan. And the fact is, honestly, the weird thing is, is that we love Michael Pittman. But the interesting thing about Matt Ryan and Pat Mayo, I'm giving cre- him credit because I don't want to steal his joke, is that he seems to galaxy brain himself, and that's why Julio Jones never had seven, eight, nine touchdowns. Actually, I think the one season he did, but outside of that, never again, because he was like, hey, everybody's going to be looking at Julio Jones. I'm going to go to Alameda Zacchaeus. I'm going to go to freaking Lee Smith. Like, Every, he would just throw it to anybody else, which is like, well, what does that mean for this? Everybody's going to be looking at Michael Pittman. I'm going to throw it to Alec Pierce. So and I think Alec Pierce presents a really nice red zone threat for him. I think he's the number two. I like Paris Campbell as well. But as you can see, I think you could even start Alec Pierce in week one. But obviously, I don't love him as much as Fonston does. No, <laughs> no. Clearly. All those positive Clearly. words, Brandon, he, he doesn't get any of yes. that stuff. When Alec Pierce goes off, everyone will think of Brandon Funston. Yeah. Well, we we do both love him. I. And just as a reminder, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley had 10 touchdowns and like 800-some yards as a rookie. Kyle Pitts went over 1,000 yards as a rookie tight end last year. Matt Ryan. But he only had one touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is true. Well, we'll take uh, take 1,000 yards and one touchdown from Alec Pierce. I think that would be all right. Yes, Um, I would take it. Yeah, I'd take that. But, yeah, we both like him, and Matt Ryan's not afraid to use his rookie talents when they're presented to him. So, uh, yeah, Jake's just, you know, he's a little more conservative. And uh, that's the way it is. All the things. Before we wrap up today, can I do breaking news? Can I do like the voice, like the round one, whatever? George Kittle, officially unlikely to play now. Officially. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, it's been nice knowing you guys. going to be a rough, rough weekend for me. I don't like that, but I do like the Debo, and I do like the uh, Eli Mitchell props even just a tiny bit more. Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. I bet Brandon Ayuk two two days ago as soon as this came out because his prop on the day was like 40. It was like around like like the low 40s. uh, 40.5. Yeah, Debo's around like 52, so be on the lookout for that. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to recap all these This is when you have eight teams, and you're like, I know I have like two shares of Kittle. Where <laughs> yeah. where are I have they? Zero. I have you know zero. what? I also have zero. I've also got zero. So okay. I don't have any roster management I have to do with that. Uh, but you guys listening, you might. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Week one ranks. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Go over to The Athletic. You can check out all this great stuff. Jake's huge article on all his ranks. Those are going to be updated as they go. Follow these guys on Twitter at AllInKid, at Brandon Funson for all the updates. You can find me on Twitter at IsItTheWelsh. Make sure you rate Subscribe and review this podcast, but review with nice stars, even though we talked about movies for a little bit. Let us know that you loved it. If you didn't love it, still give it a five star, but then you can say the mean thing if you need to. Uh, But put five stars on it when you do so. That's going to do it for the podcast. We'll be back again on Monday for Jake, for Brandon. I am Welsh. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, friends.